welcome to the Jewish Lives Podcast, a monthly show by Jewish Lives, the prize-winning biography series published by Yale University Press and the Leon D. Black Foundation. I'm your host, Alessandra Walner. In each episode, we explore the life and legacy of an influential Jewish figure. Today, we're looking at the legendary sage Rabbi Akiva. In the second part of the show, I'll sit down with Barry Holtz, author of the Jewish Lives biography, Rabbi Akiva, Sage of the Talmud. If you like what you hear, rate us on Apple Podcasts and leave a friendly review. Thank you in advance. You can learn more about our books at jewishlives.org. Join us as we explore the Jewish experience together. Let's set the scene. It's the middle of the first century of the Common Era. Herod's temple stands tall in Jerusalem, and Jewish life is rich and varied. Judea is dominated by competing sectarian groups. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Essenes, and the Jewish followers of a young carpenter who had been crucified by the Romans just 20 years earlier. This is the world that Rabbi Akiva was born into in 50 CE. At the age of 20, Akiva would experience the aftermath of the Roman siege of Jerusalem. According to the historian Josephus, thousands were killed or sold into slavery at that time, and hunger ravaged the city. The center of Jewish life, the temple, was decimated, creating existential despair. Yet, out of the ashes, Rabbi Akiva helped to found a new movement of Jewish scholars, rabbinic Jews, leaders who codified laws, traditions, ethics, and legends of the Jewish people for posterity. Rabbi Akiva became a revolutionary figure in the development of post-Temple Judaism. He was a leading contributor to foundational rabbinic works, such as the Mishnah and Midrash Halakha. Rabbi Akiva's teachings, expressed in clear yet profound language, have resonated across the centuries. His famed proclamation, Love your neighbor as yourself, distilled complex teachings into a simple yet groundbreaking ethos. Sadly, Rabbi Akiva's end was a tragic one. For the forbidden act of teaching Torah, he was executed by the Romans in 135 CE. Legends speak of how he met a cruel death with unwavering faith. To this day, Rabbi Akiva continues to be studied and celebrated as one of the most beloved heroes of Jewish history. a clear and nuanced portrait of a founder of rabbinic Judaism in Rabbi Akiva, Sage of the Talmud by Barry Holtz. Save 25%. Use code Rabbi Akiva at checkout. That's R-A-B-B-I-A-K-I-V-A. Only at jewishlives.org.
Dr. Barry Holt is the Theodore and Florence Baumritter Professor of Jewish Education at the Jewish Theological Seminary. He previously served as co-director of the seminary's Melton Research Center and as the dean of the seminary's Davidson Graduate School of Jewish Education. He's the author or editor of seven books, including Textual Knowledge, Teaching the Bible in Theory and in Practice, which received a National Jewish Book Award. Dr. Holtz, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. I'm delighted. Would you start by reading us a passage from the book that gives us a sense of Rabbi Akiva? Consider for a moment the following thought experiment. Let us think of the Babylonian Talmud, not as we usually do, not as a vast compendium of laws, legends, debates, and interpretations, but rather as a massive, multi-volume, postmodern experimental novel, wilder than Moby Dick, beyond the imagination of James Joyce, more internally self-referential than anything dreamed up by David Foster Wallace, hundreds of pages of dialogue, of discussions that start but never end, organized, it seems, on the surface by free association and filled with hyperlink cross-references across the wide expanse of its domain. In this novel, as in any novel, there are settings, And there are stories. And, of course, there are characters. Farmers and merchants, priests and Romans, women and children. And most of all, there are rabbis. Rabbis who constantly talk and debate and prod one another to greater feats of argumentation. It is their world, the landscape of rabbis, that most dominates this novel. And amid all this excess, all these words and characters, if we were to ask who is the hero of this extraordinary book, who is its central figure, I think, despite the vastness of the work, it's not such a difficult question to answer. It is Rabbi Akiva, as the Jerusalem Talmud calls him, father of the world. Thank you so much. So... What do we know about this main character's life before he was and became Rabbi Akiva? Yeah, it's a really great question because the easy answer is not very much. We guess that he was born around the year 50 of the Common Era and died about 70 years later, but that's really just a guess. We don't know anything about his parents. In fact, we know nothing about his education. We have two different, what I call, origin stories. And in both cases, he's not a child. In one case, he's 40 years old, and we are told he had never learned any Torah. And in the other story, this is the story, the second one is what I call the Hollywood version, He is a young man working on the farm or the giant, I would call it a ranch, if it were a Western, of a wealthy man. And the daughter of that owner uh, falls in love with this young shepherd, and they run off together and get married, much to the displeasure of her father. And in the other story, 
He's 40 years old. He hasn't studied any Torah. And he has a child and he has a wife. We don't know anything about them. And he is then taken with the idea of studying Torah. So if he is the main character of the Talmud, what would you say are his most important contributions to rabbinic Judaism? Well, you know, it's interesting. Rabbi Akiva is pretty much at the beginnings of rabbinic Judaism. If he was born in the year 50, just for example, and I think it's not a bad guess, it would mean that he lived through what I guess you would say is the most traumatic event in Jewish history until the Holocaust, and that was the destruction by the Romans of the temple in Jerusalem, basically raising the city of Jerusalem, hundreds and hundreds of people killed. And he was a figure of importance in saving the Jewish people from not going out of existence. And how was that? Because he became famous as an interpreter of Torah. And in doing so, he did his interpretations with tremendous imagination. And that imagination, I think, has been his great contribution. That is, it meant that Judaism became not only a religion of practices and law, but of thinking and reading. And even though in his time, most of the reading was done orally, it is the beginning of saying everything in the Torah we should look at really carefully and say, what's really going on behind this text? You mentioned a little bit about his moment in history, what he lived through. And I'm curious to hear you talk about his involvement with the Bar Kokhba revolt against Roman rule. Yeah, that's that's a complicated story. So the setting is this. The Roman ruler in ancient Palestine, after, of course, the Romans had come in earlier, they saw that the Jews were being problematic and revolting against that their rule. They squashed that. And Jews lived under Roman rule. Around the year 130 of the Common Era, where Akiva would have been um, pretty old, the Roman ruler Hadrian put into effect certain restrictions on Jewish life. And there was a second revolt, a second revolt against Rome, led by a complicated figure known as Bar Kokhva. His real name, as far as we have it in the sources, Bar Kokhva was his nickname. It literally means son of a star. Um, his real name was Shimon ben Kosaba. And unbelievably, in one of the most remarkable archaeological finds, pretty much, at least in the Jewish world ever, letters from Bar Kokhva were found in the Judean desert 
sometime in the 1950s and eventually published. Now, he led a revolt against Rome, and it failed disastrously. And the question you ask is a question people have been wondering about, and that is, well, what did Rabbi Akiva think about this? And the textual evidence about that is very thin. There is one source in the Talmud where Akiva is quoted as saying, when he's told about some of the exploits of this Bar Kokhba, he says, surely this is the Messiah coming to rescue us. In those days, Messiah didn't have the kind of um, overtone that it has for us nowadays, but it probably meant simply he would restore Jewish rule and get rid of the Romans. What did he really think when he said that line, if he said that line? Later on, the rabbis were very interested in making sure Akiva was not seen as a supporter of Bar Kokhva because they didn't like Bar Kokhva very much because he actually brought a lot of destruction with that revolt and it failed. But there have been times when Rabbi Akiva has been seen as a hero of this kind of uh, resistance. There's, in fact, there's a Yiddish novel that was written in the 1950s by a Yiddish writer named Joseph Opatashu. And Joseph Opatashu wrote a novel called uh, something like The Last Uprising. And Akiva was the hero. The, Akiva was the hero. The uprising was the Barkov revolt. I think it came, it came out in 1948 after the uh, after Israeli independence, and it was uh, sort of adopted. Akiva was adopted as one of these warrior rabbis. I I feel that's not convincing to me. So ultimately, though, the question's open about his involvement there, but he he was executed by the Romans, and I wanted to ask you about that because it's a pretty interesting way to go. So in his final moments, he's being flayed and he says the Shema, which is the prayer of declaration of oneness with God. Why the Shema? Why is that? Why are those his final words? Well, let's take it back a few steps. How did it come to be that he was being executed? That's an important part of the story. The Romans forbade as far as at least as it's reported in our sources, certain aspects of Jewish life. They um, put a ban on circumcision. That's, that's something that we actually, historians know from non-Jewish sources. And then in Jewish sources, it, we have a tradition that Hadrian put a restriction on teaching Torah. And there were rabbis, we have stories, who continued to teach Torah in private. But Akiva decided he was going to teach Torah in public. And there he's, there he's arrested, and he's going to be executed. And he's being publicly executed. His skin is being torn off of his body. And the students are around him. and he starts reciting the Shema, the fundamental prayer about the unity, the oneness of God. And the students say to him, uh, Master, why now? Why now? 
And he basically is saying to them, this is what we have to live for. And it, if we have to die for it, we have to die for it. And do you think that audacious act is why he has become known as one of the greatest sages in Jewish history? Or do you think it's for something else? That's a really good question. If he hadn't died like that, would he still be that heroic figure? Well, I think based on the enormous presence that you see about him in the big works of rabbinic Judaism, I think he still would have been that monumental figure. But the martyrdom of Akiva added to the legend of Akiva and I think did have a lot of power. Do you have a favorite story or teaching of his? Well, I have a couple of stories that I always think about that show different sides of him. The first story is the story when he decides to learn Torah. It comes to him when he's out someplace or other, doesn't say where, and he sees that there is a natural well, and the well has been created by the dripping of water. And he looks at it, and he has a kind of epiphany, and he says, if water can wear down hard stone like this, can't Torah wear down the hardness of my own heart? And we don't know what he's talking about. But he decides to go and learn, and he brings his son with him, and they go to a teacher, and the teacher starts right from the Aleph Bet, from the beginning of the alphabet. And it says, and he learned the Aleph Bet, and he learned all of the Bible, and he learned all of the Mishnah, and he could, his teacher could not teach him any longer because he had outshone him. And they say, well, you have to go, the teacher says, you have to go to somebody bigger than me. And he goes to two of the biggest teachers of his time, Rabbi Joshua and Rabbi Eliezer ben Perkinus, and they start teaching him, and they give him a law, and based on an interpretation from a biblical text, and he says, why that law? What's its purpose? And they can't answer him. And then they give him another one and say, why this law? Why, what's its purpose? So he has already outdone his teachers by asking him questions and inventing this, this notion of close examination of the text rather than just repeating it back. Another rabbi comments on that story and says, this is what Akiva did. He dug under this giant's rock and he threw it into the Jordan River because he was doing something new. So that's one story. The other story is about how modest he was. His prayers get answered when another rabbi's prayers don't in a particular story. And a voice from heaven comes down and says, the reason Akiva's prayers get answered is not because he's greater than the other guy, but because he always defers and sees the other person in the best light. Thank you. Those are great. And I have one more question for you, which is that if you could speak to Rabbi Akiva, is there anything you'd ask him or anything you'd say to him? Well, I wouldn't say to him, what do you think about what's going on in the Jewish world today? Because really, he couldn't imagine that. 
But I would want to know things that I wanted to know when I was writing the book, which is, Akiva, tell me about your parents. Tell me about your upbringing. Tell me why you said your heart was hard and you needed to soften your heart. What is that about? We don't understand. And the other thing, ask him, is kind of what you were asking me before, and that is, you could have avoided being killed by the Romans if you had just taught Torah in private. Was it that important that it had to be out in public? And if you look back now about what you did, was it worth it? Well, thank you so much, Barry Holtz, for talking with the Jewish Lives podcast about your book, Rabbi Akiva, Sage of the Talmud. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. The Jewish Lives podcast is made possible by the Leon D. Black Foundation. Special thanks to our partners at Yale University Press, the Jewish Lives editorial director, Eileen Smith, Series editors Anita Shapira and Stephen J. Zipperstein, managing director Rebecca Keyes, and to Linda Brennan and Ruby Elliott Zuckerman. The Jewish Lives podcast is hosted and produced by me, Alessandra Walner. Our music is composed by Barry J. Cohen.